The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. Now, Will, um, uh, people who listen to our other podcast, or one of our many other podcasts, we have a, a podcast network. If this is your first time listening to Topop, guess what? <laughs> We're a network. We have lots of podcasts. Welcome. There's so much more of this shit. And we haven't even got into today's shit before we're plugging the other shit. Yeah, we have another one called Two Guys, One Cup. And uh, uh, we did it. I was on the road last week, so we did it in Melbourne. And <clears throat> we haven't had this happen for a while, but um, my memory card crapped out. We got 55 minutes into what is generally a one-hour episode before I realized that I hadn't recorded anything and uh, we had to go back and do it again. And I, I bring that up because I figure, well, why waste good material? Uh, we started talking about something on Two Guys, One Cup that was probably more of a TOEFOP conversation and no one's ever going to hear it because, uh, like I said, my memory card didn't record and your microphone, you responding to it would probably be baffling to anyone. So let's let's dig up some old material and, and, and you respond uh, spontaneously because there is more stuff to add to it. Um, well, the good news is I've forgotten mostly what we <laughs> talked about because we had to record another episode of the exact same podcast the next day. So that really... Just a, I, I now in my mind can't even work out what we said on one day and what we said on the other day. So if, if this is the story that I'm thinking about, then I'm glad that you're bringing this back to the table because I even when we spoke about it on the other podcast, I felt like we needed to get to footy yeah. chat and I had so many more questions about what was going on. So please. I think we're talking about the same thing. So uh, I'll fill everyone in. So well, I, while I was in Melbourne um, last week, uh, I was uh, pretty much on full-time daddy duties. Gemma's down there working. So I was down looking after Iona and uh, I... Will, I'm a guy who likes to keep fit. I, I like to stay healthy. And uh, now that I have less time to do that, I'm always looking for, I'm looking for the edge. I'm looking for ways that I can maximize my, my workout time. Now, just, can I, just before we get to this, mm. we didn't speak about this last time, but the dad bod is back. Have you noticed? Will Smith went on the internet, broke the internet, Will Smith, because he released a picture of him with a very unlike Will Smith body. Like, I mean, still by... Still a body that I was looking at going, that's kind of my dream shape. If I could get as good as Will Smith letting it go, I would be so wrapped at how my rig was looking. But for Will Smith had definitely relaxed in the COVID time, you know, into his like COVID body. Is there any part of what we've been through in the last 12 months that has made you think, I know I've put all this time and effort into like getting my body, but was there any moment where you were just like, or I could just, you know, like comfort eat donuts every day. Well, like Will Smith, my body just wants to get jiggly with it. <laughs> uh, there is definitely a bit of that. It's funny. There was a photo of Jason Momoa that went up, I think it was about a year ago, um, which was another like dad pod exclusive. Um, he was on holiday with his family and he was running around shirtless. In fact, 
I mean, it's probably rarer to get a photo of Jason Momoa with his shirt on, isn't it? Doesn't own a shirt. No. So even more difficult, like for most people, when they go up a couple of sizes, suddenly your shirts don't fit. For Jason Momoa, he has no indication that he's putting on weight because it's not like he's putting on a shirt and it's feeling a little tighter. So he was running around with his shirt off and he uh, was not in Aquaman shape, let's say that. It wasn't exactly a dad bod, but he looked like, you know, he'd been enjoying his holiday and probably not watching what he's eating or drinking and stuff. And, you know, the, the internet blew up with people both mocking him and people defending him for, you know, having what was like a normal body. But it still wasn't normal. I'm assuming the Will Smith one, like you say, you'd be happy with it. Is it, you know, is it a real dad bod or is it like you've gone from the ultra extreme Muhammad Ali, you know, bad boys physique to something below that here's what i was gonna think honestly if you use bad boys as an example it would have been more interesting if in those bad boys sequel will smith looked a little bit more like he looks now than he did in those sequels like martin lawrence let himself go i get that's the whole joke like martin lawrence character is the one that's all out of shape but i actually think if will smith had also looked a little older, looked a bit worn down by the job and those sort of things, it would have been more exciting. Like if the bad if the bad in Bad Boys was the bad food they were eating, you know, if they were <laughs> if they were they were getting into crimes like because they'd been at the buffet, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? You've got bad knees and cholesterol, bad boys. Bad boys. <laughs> yeah, right? Just there, like, just got my hips hurt. I shouldn't have had that second burger. Uh, so yeah, look, I think there is a, a bit of that, like um, you know, I still try and sort of keep active, but there's no way, you know, to sort of get the physique that I've had at times that, you know, was when, you know, I, that's, I could do that most of my day. Like that, that's a kind of not full-time job, but five days a week, I reckon of like, you know, intense training and watching what you're eating and stuff. Yeah. And once you have a kid, that shit just goes out the window. But I think I'm maintaining Which is basically bit. what we're saying to these Hollywood celebrities as well, because they get in that shape for their jobs. Like Matt Damon gets in Jason Bourne shape for Jason Bourne. Chris Hemsworth gets in Thor shape for Thor. But the idea, well, he's I kind of no, I, I was going to say he, I think stuck in yeah. that shape. <laughs> he's on he's invested planet. in being that shape, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He's realised what it's best for him to lead with, and he's decided. You know what? I can my looks can fade, my sense of humour can fade, but as long as I can keep this incredible ring, I'm going to be fine. Well, he was like that, like Matt Damon you know, was a normal guy and then he gets into born shape. But Chris Hemsworth has always been... Chris Hemsworth, I imagine if he wasn't an actor, if it wasn't his job, would still be like working out all the time, surfing and working out. Okay, yeah. That's probably a bad example. But other actors, your Momoa, your Will Smith, they get in shape for these roles. But then they're on holidays. They're not working. So it's unreasonable for us, don't you think, the viewing public to just go... You should be working as hard. You still should be, even though you're on holidays, you still should be getting up at three o'clock in the morning and eating some poached chicken. Just in case some paparazzi gets a shot of you at the beach and I have to look at it. Not only that, but like generally by the time we see the movie, it's been two years since the person was in front of the camera. Two years is a long time. You are two years older. A lot happens in two years. Like, it's kind of crazy to think that we expect them to look exactly... On their publicity tour, you need to look exactly like the superhero you played two years ago. I. What is the biggest drop-off between those two things? What do you mean? I mean, there must have been an actor at some stage who was preparing for a movie where their body shape was incredibly different. So, they're doing the press tour. Like, maybe it's the other way, but, like, say, Christian Bale is doing... This is not the right order, but I don't think. But, like, he's doing Batman Begins press tour, but he's, like, 
preparing for the machinist and he's just like everyone like where's batman it's that skinny guy <laughs> that guy who looks like he's dying in the corner i think that's rat man no no no, 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 no. that's batman that's the batman that's the janitor's mop no no that's christian bale he's just no, leaning no. against the wall because he has no energy <laughs> that's criminal's worst nightmare well i think right there world's greatest detective i think a, a guy a friend of ours and he probably wouldn't mind me talking about this um uh, sullivan stapleton who's an actor What's the show he does in America? It's like with a tattoo lady. It's not Blacklist. It's Black Books, Black Ops, something. Anyway, he's a TV star and a movie star, and he was in the 300 sequel. And uh, anyone who knows Sully knows, like, Sully is you, you, he is what, you know, Sam Worthington pretends to be. He is like your genuine right. salt-of-the-earth Aussie kind of guy, loves a beer, loves his mates, you know. Um, and then he got cast in the 300 sequel, and as you know, all the guys in that are just, like, super ripped, and he had to go through that training process and he got in incredible shape like he looked awesome but I remember him very quickly almost as soon as the the camera stopped rolling it was like I mean he took a photo of his abs and did a post and it was something along the lines of look you look great and it's been fun knowing you but it's so much fucking work like see you later I'm done I'm done yeah it's like just quitting a bad job. Yeah. Like you're like, this is a good, well-paid job. It was very prestigious, but it was taking a lot of my fucking time. I think it just depends on the mindset. I mean, there would be actors, like let's bring up our old favorite Keanu. Like Keanu has never seemed to have felt the pressure to, like even in his John Wick and where he's actually doing his own stunts. Like there's shirtless scenes in that where you're like, I was talking about this with James Clement from uh, uh, The Weekly Planet. It's like, you're almost like, ugh, like he's got a normal body. We're so conditioned into thinking <laughs> our action heroes all look like Ken dolls. When you see a dude who genuinely is doing the action but doesn't have that kind of crazy physique, you're like, there's something's wrong here. Well, this is the other thing. John Wick's happily retired in the John Wick movies. Yeah, right. movies. So maybe there was a point where John Wick was in awesome shape, but... But, you know, this is a guy who's been out of the game for a while. He's let himself go. It's not doing the same level of insane training every day to keep in shape for being a hired assassin. Are you so saying it makes sense, right? To, to, to sort of reference our other podcast again, are you saying he, John Wick is the equivalent of like an old school country footballer? The kind of guy right. who like has all the skills but doesn't need to be at the gym five days a week. When it comes to game time, don't you worry, it's going to be headshots, headshots galore. But he's not the kind of guy to be working out and practicing his shooting all the time. No, I, I imagine that John Wick has never practiced shots. His only practice is killing people. <laughs> like, that's how he practices. That's how he gets better in each of the movies at killing people because someone was pointing out that by the third movie, he's so much better at killing people than he is in the first movie. Yeah, because he was a bit rusty at the start. It was like me doing stand-up after a year off. You know, you just need to kind of get back in the game, get some legs. But by the third movie, like, John Wick's really getting into the groove. I think you're right. I mean, he's been hit by a few cars. Yeah. You know, he's been shot, but he's still, he's back, you know. Give me a jab, I'll get back out there, cut. <laughs> I'm not sure if they actually, that was a conscious thing, but I think you're right, because in those first few fights, like, from the moment, you know, uh, uh, that he, he kills the guys who killed his puppy in his house, like, it is kind of rough and he's, like, killing them with you know, just in his kitchen and it's all, it's all a bit of a scramble. But then as the films go on, he's killing them with horses and shit. Like he's really, yeah. he's, just, he's getting his line in length in, isn't he? It's just like, put me in a scenario. It's like, thank God you're here. John Wick movies. They're just like, Keanu, John Wick just walks into a library and he's just like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to kill you with a book. <laughs> So all of that is a long way of saying, um, you know, I like to try and keep fit. So while I was in Melbourne, I didn't really have much time to exercise, but I was walking down Chapel Street and I walked past one of those 
uh, you know, training studios, not like a gym, but like a, it's like an F45 where it's like a big, you see them all the time, big empty room and they have like equipment to the side, but it's mainly just an empty space. And so it was this big empty room. It looked more like an Apple store than it looked like a, like a training center or a gym or anything like that. And in the middle of the room were these uh, two guys, like, you know, fit gym looking dudes, and they were the exercise geniuses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were they were wearing they were wearing what looked like kind of like um, harnesses, sort of like uh, knee length to shoulder full body harnesses, and they were both standing in front of what can best be described as like you know on the weakest link, each contestant has that little kind of electronic podium in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. So they're standing in front of something like that. And they were both wearing these harnesses. And in unison, they were kind of doing sort of yogurish type poses, like they'd squat and they'd turn their bodies to the right or they'd squat and turn Okay. Their- can, can I just stop you here? Just re- yeah. I, There's going to be so many times where I stop you in this That's story. Fine. So just prepare Please, yourself. Can we, but- let's just pat it out to an hour and we've, <laughs> we've got an episode. I mean, I feel like you'll tell this story. Like, I mean, we're already, we've already been telling this story longer then we told it on the previous podcast that got lost and we haven't started the story. Yeah, so true. I think that this is going to take a while. I've got a series of questions. My first being that if I walked past an empty shop space mm. and there was just two guys in harnesses doing yoga poses in front of the weakest link podium, <laughs> I'm not sure I would venture into that place of business. What intrigued you about this particular scenario? That So that what, what they were doing, because it seems so... Um, uh, it seems so strange. Like they were, they, I mean, I've done yoga, but I wouldn't say I'm a yogi, but they were doing moves that weren't like full extensions or I was wondering what is the training here? Like, what are they actually doing? What are they, are they training balance? Are they training like, you know, form? What's going on? And plus they're wearing these. And do harnesses. you think they were um, training or were they trying to lure passers-by like you in? Like, is that no. what they were doing? Was this like I a, think they some sort of bait? Was this... They looked, um, they looked to me like they both were Kiwis. They had the Maori mm-hmm. kind of like tattoo work, like the, the Rock has, that kind of like tribal tattoo work. And they were big okay, yeah. rugby looking dudes. They looked like athletes, All right. um, but big guys. And so, but that was also the other intriguing thing is they're these big guys. They're wearing these like harnesses that are covered in like wiring and they're doing these like yoga poses and sort of chatting to each other in between with a trainer standing between them, but behind the podiums and sort of just like, you know, giving them instructions or saying like, go, go, go. So anyway, I uh, took Iona out and then on the way back, the shop was empty and there was just a trainer in there. So I went in and asked him what it was. And so he said, it's uh, it's called EMS, which is electromagnetic, no, EMT, electromagnetic therapy. So uh, it's like- Well, the good news to- is that whether it's called EMT or EMS called? or EMF, it's fucking unbelievable in any of those cases. <laughs> What? <laughs> Hang on, what was it? Electromagnetic? Oh, no. So it's EMS, electromagnetic stimulation. So it's like when you go to a physiotherapist and they put those little, um, you know, electrodes on your muscle and they'll turn up yeah. a, a little current and your muscle will twitch. And it's and it's all about, you know, fast twitch and slow twitch and all that kind of stuff. So mm. the guy was explaining to me so But at the physiotherapist, they, they lay you on a table in quite a still fashion, they adjust you and then they put those things on in. And also physiotherapists have been to university or at least done some sort of course, right? To be a physiotherapist. I think we accept them as doctors under the the broad purview of what it qualifies to be a doctor as a TOEFOP listener. So um, did these guys look like physiotherapists? Did this trainer strike you as somebody who was like working? No. Did the venue have the appearance of being medical in any way? No, he looked like uh, he looked like Justin Long. 
you know, that actor from oh. um, Jeepers <laughs> Creepers. He looked like a kid. He was like, he was like a teenager. Okay. Excuse me, sir, you're going to have to leave. No, he wasn't like quite, wasn't quite that young, but he was a nice young boy. Mr. Wembley, uh, they're stretching yeah. again. <laughs> so he said, uh, so he's explaining to me, he said, so um, it was apparently it was a training technique pioneered in Soviet Russia in the 70s and 80s. They used to use it on their Olympic teams and it was, they were banned or it was banned because it was considered to be performance enhancing, not a drug, yeah. but it was just considered to be like against the rules or something like that. This but is what I like about the Russians. They don't just stick to um, cheating by the usual means. I mean, they certainly cheat by the usual means, steroids and orchestrated government programs of performance enhancing drugs. But also, you know what? If you've got a couple of harnesses around and you want to oh. bust out some yoga moves, we're happy to fucking trademark that as well. Well, here's the thing, right? Like it's clearly a, uh, a, a training technique or some kind of like, you know, um, performance technique that was clearly uh, derived from a form of torture at some point. <laughs> like there's all the elements involved. It's like you're running electricity through someone's body. You know, they're harnessed up. So clearly the KGB was doing something like, you know what, Man, that guy came out a lot stronger from that torture session. So maybe there's something to this. So, Well, that's why uh, the Iraqi divers were so strong at the Olympics because of all the waterboarding. That's how they trained them. <laughs> oh, God. So he was saying that it's quite popular. You know, when they send, um, you'll always hear about a footballer getting sent to Germany for kind of like, you know, they'll, all kinds of ex on the edge kind of therapy. This is one of the things that they will do for people in rehab. Because the idea being that, you know, you're trying to rehab your entire body. If you've, if you've had an injury or, or soft tissue injury, something like that, that you are doing it without the danger of like, you're doing resistance training, but without the danger of carrying a weight because the idea is they attack electrodes to your muscles and then they contract your muscles. They'll put an electric current through it. Your muscles contract. And then what you try and do is move against the contraction the same way that your muscle would move if you were lifting weight. But because you're doing your entire body, the way they're marketing it, that was the, you know, the sticker on the side of the window was a 20 minute workout is worth four hours in the gym. Well, I mean, you can say a lot of things is what I would suggest. <laughs> Like that is just... No, 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 Will. I love this so much. Like, firstly, Will. if this was a legitimate thing, we would have heard about it before now. There's no way that these guys have suddenly just gone, we've found some old Russian documents, some classified documents, we've declassified them, and we've come up with this great new way for you to train. Secondly, if it was performance enhancing used by the Russians systematically in the 70s and 80s and was banned at the international level, you're like, you know what? As a father of a young child, here's what I should do. Have a crack at this. I don't think you understand, Will. The uh, 20 minutes is equal to four hours. It was in a star that was painted on the window. So I knew it was true. Now, was it, that star accredited to anyone? Was there some sort of medical scientific document that no. it quoted no. from? Like, was it a, from a science magazine says? No, no. It was all, and look, even the flyers, because I asked to read the flyers and, you know, whatever documentation they had, and it was all fairly cheaply produced. Like, you know, it was the, anyone can go to a printer's and print off a bunch of leaflets. But anyway, I was intrigued. I wanted to know, I'd, ha I'd had physiotherapy before, and when Gemma was pregnant, we had a TENS machine, which is essentially the same thing. You know, you attach electrodes. What? I just love your logic here, which is that you've seen it contains two elements that you've recognized in other forums working. 
Like, mm. I, yes, you've heard of physiotherapists and you've like been, you know, and they use it in pregnancy to get like help with the pain, those sort of things. And you're like, well, why, why shouldn't you just whack it on while you lift some weights? I mean, it's worked in those two other medically controlled environments. <laughs> I bet it can work in this empty space with Justin Long running me through it. I don't know. I just sort of felt like I'm, I'm open to new things and I felt like I had a handle on it. And I watched the guys, the big rugby guys doing it and they seem to be like really working hard. So the guy put- probably dead they're probably dead out the back the corpse of justin long was probably digging a giant hole to bury two maori guys in he accidentally electrocuted to death earlier in the day or maybe they were already dead and what i saw was two corpses with an electric current being run through them doing these yoga moves weekend at bernie right? style he is a guy who murders people and then reanimates their body for his amusement and makes them dance like puppets. Justin Long is the puppet master. <laughs> so I uh, so I booked in and um, uh, the next day went back. And so um, it was just me in the studio. There's no one else around and me and Justin Long. And the first thing you have to put on, well, the first thing he says is put this on. And he says, strip down, even your undies. So that was like, oh, like even when you go and get a massage, they tell you to leave your undies on. Like I can't think of any other occasion, any other physical activity I've taken part in where they've told me to take my underpants off. Normally your underpants stay on, you know, all the time. Right? When do your underpants come off for any kind of like procedure? Like when when – are you like colorblind and can't see red flags? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> literally every part of this story is stranger danger. And then you wander into whatever the fuck this is, despite the fact that you've read their flyer, that you described yourself as something that anyone could print off. <laughs> it has no medical qualifications in any way, but you saw two Maori guys who you assume are still alive doing it. And you thought, sign me up. I'm going to come back tomorrow. And the minute he says, take off your underpants, you don't walk out of that shop. Like, what well, the no. fuck is going on in your I, life? I, look, I'll be honest. It gave me pause, but I was like, I'm going to be open to new things. And I didn't hear the camera at first. Uh, but then when I realized behind the mirror, there was a camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no camera. So you put on these kind of like, it's like a unitard. It's like a two-part well, it's, I, well, if a unitard has two parts, is it a duotard? <laughs> well, it's, it's certainly not a unitard. A unitard absolutely implies that it is in one part. Okay, so it's like thin cotton bike shorts, sort of like thigh-length bike shorts, and then like a, a mm. thin um, skin-tight T-shirt. So it's basically you're wearing, you know, a, 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 a cotton, cotton bike shorts and cotton T-shirt. So then and you did you get out. the impression that they use a brand new set of cotton shorts and cotton yes. t-shirt for every customer no, no, no. who comes in? A hundred percent. Like they were like they were bagged, they were bagged in plastic and stuff. So you felt right. assured that I wasn't putting on some dead rugby player's <laughs> underpants. Good. I'm glad at this point you're looking around to see if this is a legitimate business or not. So then I go out and the guy um, is there. He's got the harnesses. So you basically put on like um, you know it's, it's like a SWAT team harness. So that one goes over your back and chest, and then you put another one. It's kind of like a, you know, like a, a handyman's kind of belt, but you, you put it around your, your 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 butt and then over your hips, and then there's a, a and then you put two straps around your calves and two straps around your forearms. And so you and I guy- are so different. Like <laughs> this is all this story is teaching me is how different we are as friends because, like, I've never even in my life like had like 
kinky sex where somebody handcuffed me because I am so worried that despite how much that person has shown that they love me, I might have known them for years, that the minute they've handcuffed me to the bed, they're fucking off and I am now handcuffed to a bed. And yet you are willingly walking in out of the street, stripping out of your clothes, putting on some, like, I mean, he's basically asked you to rub the lotion on your skin (laughs) and you're like, okay, whack me in the SWAT harness. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Like, I agree with you. Like, I hear everything you're saying and I agree with you. But it, it didn't feel like that. Like, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's how Scientology works or something. I don't know. I just sort of felt like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Sure. Just a bit of order. I've never thought of myself as being suggestible, but maybe I am quite suggestible. I mean, I did. I've, I've gone to see hypnotists before and found it, like, ineffective because I felt that I was, like, you know, one step ahead of them the whole time. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll eat that. <laughs> sure, I'll wear that. Sure, I'll go here. Sure, you want me to take my clothes off? Okay, sure. Like, I, I think okay. I am I am quite willing for people to – I take people on face value. If someone tells me that they're someone, I genuinely, I genuinely give them the benefit of the doubt. Unless there's major, major red flags, uh, I, I will generally give people the benefit of the doubt. And that is uh, famous last words of all suckers in history. So, well yeah. done. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Uh, so, I go out and he's um, – so, he's got the heart. So, there's the three-part harness while they're, you know, with the, with the leg and arm attachments. And he's got a little, like, um, spray – you know, you've got those spray wands that spray water. Mm-hmm. You, you see guys when they're doing, like, pesticides, weeds and stuff like that. And he's spraying all the contact points on the harness. So, there's, like, six – like, the front of, like, Thor's – Outfit. There's like six uh, contact points on the front, six down the back, shoulders, biceps, and then obviously of your thighs and stuff. And so he sprays like, the water on the what harness. What sort of fucking pseudoscience are you involved in? Where they're just like, even this process, it's like, well, firstly, you cannot do it in your underpants. We're going to have to have a specific set of underwear for them to wear. You get in the harness. Then you get out the weed whacker. You spray the harness because we're making them pay. Like, because also, I need to know already what you're paying for this. Like, what sort of money are you free. spending on this whole fucking it's procedure? Free. It, it's a free introduction. It's a free introductory 20 minute workout. They're not charging me. Wow. Okay. What, does that make you think maybe it's legit? Or they're just terrible con men? Terrible businessman. That's what I'm. I'm thinking they could be part of the Most TOEFOB organization with this. <laughs> like, I mean, they're down. Like, however much it is for cleaning the harness, his time, the uh, free underwear that they're giving you as part of this process, like cleaning down the equipment after. Like, there's so much that's involved. They've like they've lost fifty, sixty bucks on you minimum on this free giveaway. Most gyms do a free session. Like most tra- personal trainers will give you like a yeah, half Yeah, but most free gyms session. don't give you free clothes. W- no, no, you in a I harness give them and back. spray you with magic shit. No, I don't keep the, the underpants or anything like that. Like the, it's like, what they, happens it's to like when you go to a masseuse. This is They'll just a way for this dude and- to get used underpants. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I'm gonna he's, see running, he's running a racket in Japan. <laughs> How do you pay for this? Oh, I have a very successful used <laughs> underpants business, mostly <laughs> online. Sell all over the world. 
I can't actually get enough soiled underpants. That's why I've started this business. It's literally so I can source soiled underpants. I just went up to people and offered them money for soiled underpants. People found that weird. This is actually a much easier process. I find if I spray the people once they're in the harness, they definitely think it's science. So if you if you were, like if it was a front for a soiled underpant um, business, I guess, it, I guess it doesn't matter like who's soiling the underpants because you can market it as being like, Anything. Like people are just paying for dirty underpants. They're not really going to know the source of it as long as it's dirty. It's tough to bring up with the celebrity you're claiming it to be. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, this is Madonna's soiled underpants. And it's like, it's not like you're ever going to bow Madonna up backstage at a gig and say, look. <laughs> Shove them in her could face. I, could I, does this look like your underpants? And could I get a swab from your cheek? Uh, so he's spraying water on the contact points, obviously to conduct the electricity. <laughs> Now that I'm saying it, it obviously. sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, also, I don't know a lot about electricity, but aren't you meant to avoid adding water to it? I guess not, Will, <laughs> because he didn't. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, Famous last words. What, what were, so what were the, your I father's mean, last words, Iona? I guess not. <laughs> I was in Melbourne too, and it was morning, so it was fucking freezing like the water was like icicles as, as i put this harness on so then we walk around to the uh, the weakest link podium and um uh so i'm all hooked up now i've got like the, the the electrodes are all hooked up to wires and stuff and so like something from a 1950s sci-fi movie the only like um interface on this podium was just a giant knob <laughs> just a big dial <laughs> well, so yeah, the guy are two giant knobs in this room as far as i can tell <laughs> Well, three, because remember, those underpants are quite tight. <laughs> Boom! Uh, so uh, he turns on the screen, and so it's literally just a... Um, the display on the screen, all it's showing is, you know, it's, a, it's sort of like a timer. It's like a, your basic personal trainer app. It's like a, right. a timer and a, um, a bars, like, you know, a, a equalizer bars, which would sort of sh- uh, show the level of intensity at which you're working at. So, uh, you know, you turn the dial at the very end and it's a, only a tiny amount of electricity. You turn it right to the top and it's like the full amount of electricity. So um, he's sort of talking me through it and he's like, so, you know, you want to push it almost like, you want your muscle to contract. So you want to be running enough electricity that your muscles contract so you've got something to work against, but you don't want to go right to the top because if you just no. like, cramp up or lock up you know you're not going to be able to do any training so there's a danger that you're going to lock up because we are currently going to be and i say currently pun intended (laughs) be electrocuting you (laughs) (laughs) so no yeah it's like that opening scene in ghostbusters isn't it i'm I'm like uh i should have been like a hot girl and bill murray sitting across from me just like taking intenses at me um so he says so i'm just gonna run it up to about 80 percent you just sort of tell me you know, uh, and it's going to do each, I'm going to do each muscle in isolation. So we just know what we're working with. And so the first one he does is my thighs, my quads, and he blasted at 80%. And I just fucking doom, like, just go like straight down into like a squat. Cause it's my muscles contract and I'm like too much, too much. And so then he dials it back and you sort of see like the bars drop down. And so as there's electricity, we're finding my, you know, my level, what I could work at. So we went through each one of the muscles of, you know, and, and, and tuned up how much electricity each one was going to get. So then <laughs> we begin. What? Just started by experimenting with what was too much electricity to shock you with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, is there a better way to do it? Like, how else would you do it? Is there like a start a, lower? Yes. All right. I imagine there is because <laughs> the way that they're currently doing it is like, when this hurts too much, we'll adjust it not to that much. But also, to find that out, we have to do it to you at least once <laughs> on each muscle individually. Uh, so once I was all like calibrated, I guess, um, the workout begins. It's, it's a 20 minute workout. And like yoga, what you're running through in the 20 minutes is you're basically going through like, um, what do they call it? Compact, mo- it's compact movements, compact movements or something, mm-hmm. basically full body movements that work all different muscle groups like you do in yoga, but you're doing it against resistance. So, um, there'd be a countdown, like a 10 second countdown. And then he would show me what the move is. For instance, like, you know, start in a squat, go to standing, push your arms up and open your chest up. So, you know, just like do that move. And then you just repeat that move as many times as you can in 40 seconds or something. So we're counting down three, two, one, boom. And so all the electrodes come on at once and I'm like, fuck. Like I could not move like my, my, my core contracts, my back. And I'm trying to fucking stand, but I'm like, all my muscles are locked up and I'm like, it's too much, it's too much. And so you seem like, you know, go up to the 1950s fucking weakest link podium and, and swing the big knob around ooh, and takes it down to about 60 and I can, I can get up. And so then I'm like, ah, oh. and at first I'm like, this just feels fucking weird like because your muscles are like what what part of being in a harness in somebody else's underpants being sprayed by water and then electrocuted until we find out what you can handle like you're in a scene from the fucking torture chamber in the princess bride has made you think that any of this feels a bit weird i guess it's more the idea of there's not very many maneuvers you know as someone who goes to gym regularly like where all your muscles would contract at once. I can't think of maybe like... Um, it's almost like, like they're a, not meant to, I guess. Like a squat, I guess. Like if you did like a heavy squat or yeah. if you're a weightlifter or something, you're probably engaging everything at once. Or maybe I'm just working out badly because it was just like, fuck, this is hard. And so I go through that <laughs> manoeuvre and then... Yes, because you're being electrocuted. <laughs> like but, anything is hard being electrocuted like if i did stand up and but i was also being electrocuted it would be harder than doing regular stand-up yeah, but i guess but it wasn't like it didn't feel like it, it felt weird but it didn't feel i felt like i've had this i know this feeling yeah. before i've just never had it in my entire body before so then as you yeah. start going through the moves you're like oh i can actually yeah right so this is like doing you know like a, a chest press this is like doing like a you know a military press this is like doing lunges with weights it's, so you're sort of feeling all of it better and it's fucking hard like for the next 20 minutes i was sweating and spitting and like just it was it was really intense and so we mm. we sort of finished the session and i'm like whoa you know i, I go back and I, i'm like Keanu, whoa i go back and i get changed and I'm, I'm in the change rooms and i'm sort of preparing for well, this is what happens when you go to a gym. They give you the first session for free and then they fucking lock you in a room and they just- What do you do you with your um, you. underpants? Um, put them in a vending machine, <laughs> send it to Japan. <laughs> I just left- Put them in this addressed, sealed envelope. No, what, 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 is there a bin there was or a, is there somewhere that you- Yeah, there was like a dirty clothes like basket in the, in the change room. So mm-hmm. I just tossed them off. I mean, and they were drenched. Like, I must admit, like, if yeah. this guy's business is soiled underpants, he's got himself, like, some very soiled underpants. A lot of Charlie DNA ended up <laughs> in, the, in those cotton underpants. Well, this is, I'm still 
locking in it is a soiled underpants front because it makes more sense than the scenario you've run me through so far. Well, yeah, you know what? You're probably right because, like I was saying, I'm in the change rooms and I what I think is coming is the hard sell because that's what happens whenever you do one of these. A free trial isn't a free trial. There's always like a fucking hard sell afterwards. And I was preparing my mind how I was going to say, look, I don't actually live in Melbourne. I'm just down for the week and blah, blah, blah. Thanks very much. And um, and so I go out. Justin Long's like, like, this has cost us 60 bucks and this is coming out of my wage. No, he didn't. Well, I came out, he gave me a bottle of water. He said, how do you feel? I said, actually, you know, that was pretty intense. I actually feel like I've, I've been at the gym, you know, I feel like I've done a four hour workout, Will, just like this, the painting on the, on the window says. Um, uh, and so he said, oh, cool, cool. He's gone, all right, well, you know, if you feel like doing another session, you know where we are. And that was it. And I'm like, this is weird like where's the hard sell is that are they doing so well that they don't need my business i almost kind of like wanted you are you are selling yourself on this they're not even trying to sell you they didn't even want you to come they negged me they totally (laughs) negged me like i actually was like oh because it was like you know i'm the guy goes to party he's like oh and this girl's always hitting on me bloody hell i'm gonna have to like avoid susan and then susan's talking to someone else like wait a minute what's going on here you're like you're seriously like where's the hard sell it's coming i'm gonna have to make up these excuses and then when they don't give you a hard sell you're like ah oh, it's probably so busy they don't need me they're doing so well that's your immediate first thought that this business is doing so well despite the evidence that yesterday when you walked by there was only two kiwi guys in there and today you've gone in and you're the only person in there you believe they are doing so well they're turning away business well there's only two machines that's why there's only two kiwi guys that's a full house <laughs> this is a the studio <laughs> there's no way this business can operate on two machines what does it normally cost uh, so it's $65 a session this or you can buy packages. So the, you can buy like a, a, you know, like a membership and use it whenever you want, or you can basically buy like a packages of, of casual visits. So $60 a session or, you know, like thousand bucks gets you whatever, like, you know, three months. I worth. just cannot see how this business remains in business. Like, I just can't see, like, I think their overheads are going to be too high for like the business that they are running through. Like, I, I don't know if they're the only ones in Australia. He seemed to think that they're one of the first people in Australia that only have, there's one in Sydney, one in Melbourne and one on the Gold Coast. And I was like, this is going to go gangbusters on the Gold Coast. This isn't in very many places because this is highly (laughs) illegal, unethical and not proven by science in any way. Well, so uh, when I, so that that was the day that we recorded Two Guys, One Cup was after I just had the session. And I came home like actually, you know, I had a bit of that endorphin rush where I actually was feeling really good and, you know, Gemma asked how it went. I said, I actually think it was really good. I'd actually... Because you'd almost been killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For 20 minutes and you'd been electrocuted. <laughs> Basically, you were in the movie Flatliners. <laughs> of course, you got a little fucking thrill when you were still I alive. started seeing this creepy kid in a hoodie following me home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, no, I just, I, yeah, I, I guess, it, I mean, probably, like, you know, when when your brain dies, apparently you get you do get flooded with all kinds of wonderful uh, right. chemicals. Um, but uh, when I recorded with you, the guy was actually texting me as a follow-up, just saying, how are you feeling? And he said, you know, make sure you have plenty of protein and some magnesium and stuff. And he said, you might be sore tomorrow. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We recorded the podcast, you know, um, I go to bed that night. I wake up at like three in the morning and I'm like, ah, fuck, I've got a cramp. And then I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, like my entire butt and legs are cramped. Then I'm like, my entire 
back is cramped. And then I'm like, oh my God, like I can't fucking move. I have never, never been so like, is so stiff after uh, like a, a workout before. Like I was, I could not, I couldn't actually even roll over. In fact, I even in my mind, I'm like, is this what it's like to be Will? I was lying there going like, oh, every movement is agony. Like I can't find a position on this mattress that feels comfortable. Like it's all painful. Is that what it's like for you? Yeah. Well, firstly, yes, it's absolutely what it's like for me. <laughs> so um, uh, secondly, this business, like again, they might be a very legitimate business and I'm purely being comedic and just speculating on something that I have absolutely no knowledge of. But let me run you through what their business is. They bring you in for a free trial. They give you clean underpants and something to wear. They put you in this harness. They spray with water. They electric hit you for 20 minutes while you do some exercises. Then they don't sign you up to any program. And he says, have some protein and have some magnesium. But what he doesn't say is oh by the way, which is anything you would say in this prof- like in this profession, if you want people to come back, you would warn people about what the side effects yeah. might be. The, after the first session, you might be absolutely wrecked. That is just part of it. It's okay. The more you do it, like the the better you're going to feel. That's what you would tell somebody. The fact that he has just sent you no, home no. without that warning. No, is- he did. That's what I was saying. He texted me to say how are you feeling, just a heads up. You know, have yeah. all this because you might be sore tomorrow. Like that's he did. Yeah, you might be sore tomorrow. You not not wake up at three o'clock in the morning in the worst pain you've ever had in your <laughs> yeah, life. But he doesn't know. I mean, I'm sure there's people of all different kind of fitness levels go in there. Maybe it's just because I. Because that's actually what it made me think. Is like, holy shit, I think I'm strong, but maybe I'm not. Like maybe I've been training incorrectly because all my muscles. It's, oh my it felt God. like I'd used them all for the first time. I can't believe that this is like you've been going to professional trainers, people who've studied the art of physiology based on something that is repeated in thousands of venues all across the world in various ways, like at the highest levels of physical education. We still compete against each other in sports and Olympics and we have professional movement people and sports scientists and all of that has been thrown out the window because some just a long lookalike motherfucker zapped you for 20 minutes. Who the fuck are you? Are you Joe Rogan? Am I now doing a podcast with Joe Rogan? I think so. Maybe something that just like, maybe the, the all that electricity just changed the chemistry of my brain. I found an article, Will, uh, called EMS Training. Yeah. Is it worth it? A complete guide, 2019, backed by science. This is from emergingathlete.com. Nothing but one workout of 15 minutes per week promises to be enough to achieve effective results. It sounds tempting, doesn't it? (laughs) Wait a minute. It's like they wrote this article just for me. EMS training promises simple and effortless top figure tuning thanks to electricity. The concept is literally electrifying as it increasingly catches on within the fitness society. In today's article, I'll scrutinize the current status of EMS training. Is it truly as effective as promised? What are the downsides if they exist? And what does the science say? Okay, so to put it short, it's electric, electronic muscle stimulation that works with the stimulation current. Uh, the stimulation causes tension in all muscles and achieves a more effective results than conventional weight training. At least that's what they promise. But let's clarify a bit more. Let's clarify a bit more deeply. Muscles need stimuli to get active. Normally, these are triggered by everyday life things like the central nervous system, and then passed on via the spinal cord and nerve fibers to the muscles. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Okay, so he just talks about what I did. You put on a skin-tight suit. In medical rehabilitation and high-performance work, this type of muscle stimulation training has been used for quite a while. So that's what this dude was saying. Like it. Yep. Okay. And with physiotherapy, that's rehabilitation and high-performance. So what are the benefits of EMS? Most studies refer to full-body EMS training. Here are the most interesting results. Uh, EMS training apparently promotes sustained reduction in body weight and body fat. Back pain can be reduced as the results of several studies at the University of Beirut reveal. <laughs> Where's Beirut? <laughs> <laughs> the University of Beirut. Yeah. Where's Beirut? B-A-Y-R-E-U-T-H. Beirut. Have you heard of that? It's one yeah. of the big ones. Oxford, Cambridge, Beirut. Beirut. Uh, increased torso stability and maximum strength improvement, effective building of muscle, uh, reducing body weight and tightening of the tissue. High metabolic activity during training. Da, 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 da. Is EMS training harmful or unhealthy? The electronic strength training idea originally came from the rehabilitation field and was further developed for high performance and other athletes. In other words... It requires a certain fitness level. If you're, a, if you're a complete beginner to fitness training, it is advisable to first start with conventional strength training and not overstrain your body from the start. So it's like those ads you see for like, you know, the, the ab cruncher late at night and stuff like that. Like if you are already fit, maybe you can top end with some of this stuff. Like if you need to dig a, dig a bit deeper, but it's not like you can just be anyone on the couch and, and use it. No, but you are at a, a reasonable level of fitness. So, I mean, you're not like a professional athlete, but you're fit. Mm. So maybe it could work Well, for you. the next sentence is interesting. The risk of overloading is relatively high since the training impulse comes from the outside and therefore cannot be controlled by the athlete himself. That's right. You've just got that big fucking sci-fi dial. Due to the high intensity of the workouts, the body releases a lot of creatine, an enzyme that supplies muscles with energy. This substance must be excre excreted through the kidneys which if not sufficiently hydrated can suffer damage. Or oh, that was the other, yeah, he told me to drink a lot of water afterwards. If you feel overly flabby after EMS. <laughs> because the thing we just did to you for 20 minutes can severely damage your kidneys. <laughs> if you feel overly flabby after EMS training or even experience a rapid heartbeat, you should see a doctor for one's own safety. What do you, how could you feel flabby after training? As in what, loose muscles? Is that what he means, flabby? Moreover, before deciding on a certain studio to start, I suggest paying close attention to studios with good reputations and competent supervision by an experienced trainer <laughs> or a guy who looks like Justin Long. Or <laughs> just walk in off the street. Um, how much? Uh, okay. What does EMS training not do? EMS training does not replace conventional weight training. Ligaments, tendons, and joints and bones are not well trained in EMS training. Um, people should use EMS training are people who are currently involved in high-level physical activity, right? Who should avoid EMS training? Fucking podcasters, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't do it if you're pregnant. You shouldn't do it if you've got pre-existing conditions or cardiac issues, pacemakers. Uh, pay attention. The dangers... The German Society for Clinical, Clinical Neurophysiology and Functional Imaging advises against excessive EMS training in mass sports. The method should only be used under the guidance of trained sports physicians and physiotherapists. <laughs> Why? The researchers say that training truly meets its promises. That, that, that the training truly meets its promises was not proven from their point of view. And if applied incorrectly, EMS training can even lead to kidney and muscle damage. Fantastic. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 
Uh, while doctors and physiotherapists were trained in EMS training, the staff in conventional discount to fitness studios are often not sufficiently trained to assess the stress correctly, <laughs> says Professor Dr. Me- uh, Dr. Stefan Krecht, Chief Physician in the Department of Neurology at St. Mauritius Therapy Clinic. The low cost is treacherous and contempt to train more often or extensively than recommended. You should not train more than twice per week. Um, all right. Fuck, there you have it. I uh, fucked my kidneys and ruined my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I don't regret it I don't regret it it was a story for Tofop and uh, I'd do it again like, you know what I would do it again I'd be interested to give another shot but I, I now that I know more about it I maybe won't go back to Justin Long you know what I like uh, the most is that um, it was an 8 minute story originally it's been a 47 minute story tonight I wonder if we told it a third time whether it would go for like an hour and a half <laughs> well it's only really today that I've been I've got I've felt good so it would have been I think Wednesday or Thursday we're recording this on a Monday and I was like I had to go I I went to the football on Friday night and I had the session on the Thursday and the next day when I woke up Friday morning when I was like I can't move I'm like how the fuck again I thought of you I'm like how am I going to get into my seat like I can't like moving is painful like you know like just any kind of like sitting standing like trying to get out of chairs i was doing that thing where i was getting into the car like in just one straight line because i couldn't i couldn't lift my legs up or anything yeah it's fun isn't it but here's the thing my body did that against my will whereas you chose to do it so i have no sympathy for you well i wonder though is it like in ghostbusters crossing the streams if you did it would it fix your hips like maybe just like a shock to the system probably in the universe you believe in yes Justin Long could fix my hips if I just did that for 20 minutes. I couldn't even get in the fucking house. Well, any of the um, the therapy that you have done and your rehab training, did they ever use like the little electro muscle stimulation? Did they ever put the pads on you? Yeah, they used them. They did not have right. much. Right. Probably didn't put it on your abs enough. <laughs> did they put it on your abs? No, they did not put it on my abs. Where did they put it? So I guess maybe that was... Um, oh, around my back yeah. and groin. Oh, around your groin. They didn't even do that to back me. Back hips. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they also didn't turn mine up to fucking 11 <laughs> like they were in Spinal Tap, so. Yeah, I'm like one of those frogs in science class. You just attract electrodes and just watch my, watch my legs twitch. Hey, Will, I've got some exciting news. We are within four weeks of our last, cor- of our oldest correspondent on Patreon. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Like, as in we're almost up to, up to date? No, well, yeah, no, I was like, let's get into it. Like, we can get through some more. Um, but the issue is, like, once we read through these, what are we going to do for bonus content? <laughs> like, this is... Oh, man, we just talked about one fucking 20-minute session you had at some fucking witch doctory place for fucking 50 minutes. We'll be fine. Well, this is actually quite a long one, so maybe this will take us out and we can save some more for a, a bonus or, or for another episode. This is from Ben. Um, when did he send this? Well, April 26th. All right, maybe I got ahead of myself. It was, I thought it was within the month, but... Um, hey, Willow. Hey, Willow. Hi, Will and Charlie. Your recent podcast discussing being scammed, well, guess what? <laughs> Strap yourself in. <laughs> a month later, I got scammed. But is it a scam if I didn't give them any money? No. Well, I mean, you, you gave them your time, and I guess if you value your own time, and then you gave them you know, your energy in days further on from that when you couldn't walk and you were uncomfortable. So I think that had a cost. There was a cost to it. I guess. They didn't benefit from that cost. 
Apart from your sweaty underpants that they sold for $120 on the internet. To some Japanese businessman. Uh, hi, Will and Charlie. Oh, actually, before we get to this, just quickly, um, uh, we had a lot of feedback on the Keanu episode. People seemed to love it. Um, I saw you got sucked into some fucking semantic oh. debate over what is clickbait or not with a journalist, uh, which was just so annoying. Like, And I kept getting tagged in the fucking threads, and I just, I, I know you can mute and stuff, but I just wanted people to stop. I don't care. Like, have this argument somewhere else. I don't care. You know what? I cared for a minute that day and then regretted that I cared, and then I've stepped away from the internet since like i have so not re-engaged to the point where there was like a article in the next weekend's paper where that same person was like oh so i suppose this is clickbait as well and like literally in my head like the argument started where i was like clearly that's a response to the original article which actually proves the yeah. point not disproves the point and then like what is this the australian met? like and i was going in this spiral of just arguing and not knowing that I wasn't even going to argue with that person. I was just arguing in my head, the fucking points. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is not what I want to be involved in. I do not want to respond to this. I do not want to get caught up in this shit. I just want to fucking live my life. Like, let, we, live we, and let Keanu. But here's what I did instead. Last night I watched point break and here's what I'm going to tell you, Charlie. It's fucking great. <laughs> It's such a fucking good movie. Like, like I, yeah, last week I hadn't actually watched Point Break for ages and so we're defending it, but there was a small part of me that was like, I wonder if next time I watch Point Break I'll be like, fuck, you went in pretty hard defending this movie that isn't as good as you remember. And then I watched it and I couldn't have loved it more. It is just such an excellent film. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, I just wanted to make mention of it because we had about 100 people send us that article, the, the follow-up article, which I agree with you. Like the fact that this follow-up article, this retort exists, is a clear case of the first one being clickbait. But let's not get into that. Um, we're not going to talk about that article. A, because I think we've had said everything we need to say about Keanu and Point Break. And also... I think the tone of this article was too far in the other direction. Like all of a sudden she's speculating on, you know, what kind of guy he is and he makes cups of tea for his mum. I'm like, no, 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 too far, too far, too far, too far, too far. We don't need that right. kind of response. All I'm saying is we don't need to talk about Keanu apart from the time earlier in this podcast where we talked to him about <laughs> Keanu again. <laughs> all right. And that's all we'll say on the matter. This is from Ben. Hey, Will. Hey, Charlie, your recent podcast discussing being scammed reminded me of a few years ago when I was in New York. I had tickets to be in the audience for Stephen Colbert and popped into a bar around the corner as I was a bit early. While I was there, I found myself chatting to a dude who claimed he was Michael Jamison, heir to the Jamison Whiskey family, and as such, he was rich as fuck. All right, someone tells you that. You're in New York, though. That could be possible. You meet a lot of, like, you know, high rollers in New York. What's your first response to that? naturally suspicious okay. I will yeah. say that is well, probably I, that's what we've established you would have been naturally suspicious yeah. I would have given him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> yeah uh, while we chatted my friend who was supposed to come to the Colbert show messaged me to say he wasn't going to make it so I thought I'd offer Michael the ticket rather than let it go to waste I was already sceptical of him since I had paid for his drinks at the bar <laughs> but I wanted to see where this could go. Okay, there's a bit of Charlie and Will in this because he's sceptical, yeah. but he wants to see where it will go. I kind of agree. <laughs> I'd, I'd kind of want to do that as well. As we waited in line outside the theatre, he asked for $20 to pop into a food place, this millionaire. 
<laughs> Lionel Hutz. Uh, <laughs> when I joked that a millionaire shouldn't need my money, he said he doesn't carry cash anymore because he was recently robbed on the streets. <laughs> Why? Because he was carrying millions, just bags with dollar signs on them. Why would that stop you from carrying a wallet? Why would it stop you from carrying $20? Everyone's got $20. It's not like you're going to be specifically targeted by crime gangs because you've got a fucking lobster on you. He got us a couple of hot dogs and beers with my money, so whatever. Once in the the theatre for Colbert, we were uh, in the front row and the warm-up comedian pulled Michael up on stage. Fucking brilliant. I love where this is, the story's going. <laughs> when asked what he does for a living, Michael replied that he doesn't need to work because his family owned Jamison and a bunch of oil businesses. Yes. Fucking, all right. All right that's, you know, right. That's, what's great about that is there's an immediate kind of the stakes are raised because if this guy is bullshitting, you know, now he has to fucking tell the lie to everyone. Um Everyone in the room on the spot, he's like, he's probably just doing the maths in his head. He's gone, I've got 20 bucks out of this bloke. There's 300 people in here. That's a pretty good night out. Fast forward through uh, through the Colbert show, which was brilliant. And uh, rather than a band, Captain Sully was the guest. So I felt super lucky to have been there for that. Who's Captain Sully? Is that a cool band that I don't know anything about? Yeah, you know the band, Captain Sully. What's their big hit? Uh, ooh, I've got piles on my asshole. Captain Sully, of course, Charlie, is the American hero who landed the plane on the Hudson. Oh, River. didn't he say he's a band? Fast forward to the Colbert show, which is brilliant. And ra- oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So I misread that. I assumed that when, <laughs> that when he said, instead of a band, Captain Sully, I, I was thinking instead of a house band, he had the band. <laughs> Captain Sully, I know who Sully is. It's Tom Hanks, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, please disregard that horrible bit of improv I did before. <laughs> no, I was in on it. Also, a great name for a band. If you're like a really musical is. artist listening to this podcast and you're looking for a name for your band, Captain Sully is a good name for and a your band. your first song should be I've Got Piles on My Asshole. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, Captain Sully was a guest, so I felt super lucky to have been there for that. While uh, we're outside the theatre, as Michael is telling me that he's having a party at his penthouse apartment that night, fucking con man got a con, doesn't he? Wouldn't couldn't just be an apartment as a penthouse apartment. A couple of people come up to chat to us. I can't remember their names, but they were a married couple who were medical researchers working towards cures for cancer and HIV, and they were looking for investment. Also, here's what I'm going to say just quickly on this con man. He's the heir to the Jamison's fortune. He won't carry cash on him because he got robbed recently. Yep. But he is absolutely happy to meet a complete stranger, divulge the fact that he's heir to the Jamison's fortune, go to a show with him and then invite him to his penthouse apartment for a party. Yeah. <laughs> Don't rob me. Don't rob me for my 20 bucks. <laughs> a couple approach us. Um, they work in cancer and HIV research and they were looking for investors to help continue their research. Since Michael had been on stage bragging about how rich he was, they were curious to know if he'd be keen to contribute oh, yes. or invest in their research. I mean, this is funny, but also tragic, really. Or... Two other con people have, have suddenly joined <laughs> oh, the con. Oh, it's a dirty, rotten scoundrel situation, are you saying? <laughs> because think about it. Like HIV and cancer research, that sounds like we're going to double con you, con man. He informed them 
He will never make a business deal unless it's over drinks. Oh, like all the best of business deals. I can only do business when people buy me a bag of cocaine and drinks all night. (laughs) He informed them he never makes business deals unless it's over drinks. So off to a fancy bar we went. Over the course of many Jamison and Dries, because that was all Michael wanted to drink, this couple explained the research they were doing. I need to note, this couple were legitimate and rich as fuck. So I was sitting at a bar in New York with a millionaire couple trying to cure diseases and a grifter who probably had the last name Jamison and was trying to use it as his claim to fame. Every time the conversation drifted toward whether he would invest, he would back away from even providing an email address. After a couple of hours and many drinks, all on the tab of this couple, I decided it was time to bail. Michael was still talking about his penthouse party, which at this stage now had Wolfmother playing at it. <laughs> Wolfmother. Wolfmother. What about Captain Sully? I told him to give me an address. Wolfmother. Like that is, is this because he knows that this guy is Australian and he's trying to appeal, he's like trying to think of some like popular Australian band or has the band Wolfmother just the band that this guy thinks rich people might have at their party? Oh, I think, it, yeah, I reckon there's a bit of the Australian, but it's also one of those ones where you can't go too big. You can't say you too. Wolfmother is a name that – it's a catchy name. It's a name people might remember that, a couple of big hits. It's a, it's a good lie, I reckon, because it could be true. If you go to a party at a penthouse apartment in New York City – and Wolfmother replying, is that good or inconvenient to the party? Oh, inconvenient. I'm not going there to listen to Wolfmother. <laughs> <laughs> what a pain in the ass. I'm not there for a show. I told him to give me an address and I would get changed and come back, but he refused to give one. <laughs> and the deal was to meet him back at the bar in an hour. I did not bother going back. Ah. Oh. However, I had traded numbers with the medical researchers. They were from D.C. and I was catching a bus there a few days later, so they were going to give me some tips on some cool bars to check out and so on. He messaged me asking if I'd heard from Michael again, because after I left, they still couldn't get an email or phone number out of him. Fucking hell, for what I imagine are very well-educated doctors and researchers, they're pretty fucking thick. They might have also just been like, we've just got to keep pushing this. Because if there's a point you get to where you're like, this is probably a con now, so we're just going to keep asking. We're not going to let him off the hook. Apparently, Michael eventually drunkenly stumbled out of the bar, never to be seen again. We both concluded he was probably a homeless dude with a cool story. But my favorite thing was that all he had to say about it was, at least we gave that guy a good fucking evening. I, too, had a good fucking evening. Sorry if this story was rambling, but it's actually a very shortened version of the actual thing. Cheers. Ah, Ben, that's a fantastic story. Guess what? You're getting a fridge magnet, and that is now the the benchmark for all future correspondence. They've got to be as good a story as that. I mean, that was a good story. And I think you're absolutely right. It's a good night out. You get a good story out of it. The guy gets a good night in the drinks. Like, you get to meet a couple of really cool people because of it. Like, this guy's, like, literally on stage. At this, like, I mean, it's worth your 20 bucks for buying the drinks, isn't it? Buying the hot dogs. 100%. You know what's also worth it, Will? Go on a TOEFOP to check out what other great podcasts you can listen to. Who's on Willosophy this week? Uh, who is on Willosophy this week? Um, uh, Linda Mariano, uh, former Triple J Linda Mariano, but doing a whole bunch of interesting things in the podcast space herself these days. I found it a super fascinating chat to have with her. What did you say to me about after you, you chatted to her? She's like, it's really interesting. She does one like really stupid one with a mate, and then she does another one that's like really you know interesting and successful. <laughs> Just like me. I was like, I was like, hang on. 
you're really muscling into my territory here, Mariano. Uh, later on this week, Peter Hallier, Strawny himself. Uh, there's a catch-up episode with Pete, so that'll be a good one too. Uh, Cam Knight is the, my guest on Fofop this week. We had a great chat uh, uh, last night. Um, Cam was very patient. I only did not go down uh, last night as easily as she went down tonight. So I think I was texting him from between 8 and 10 p.m. as uh, saying, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. Um, but maybe the delirium made it very funny. Uh, so Cam, uh, great comedian. He, you might have just caught him at uh, the Sydney Comedy Festival. I think he's doing shows in Newcastle. So check out the podcast. All the details will be there. And then there's two guys, one cup. Um, the podcast we occasionally lose from time to time. Uh, we're right into the footy season. I think if you like this show, you're going to like Two Guys, One Cup. Wouldn't you agree, Will? I would agree. Um, it's pretty much like this show. We occasionally talk about football, but not that often, to be honest. It's very, it's AFL adjacent, we call it. So um, I highly recommend you check that out. And lots of people have been checking it out. It's actually doing incredibly well this season. So I think that is just the less we talk about football, the more people listen to the show. And don't forget the best way to support the show uh, is to go to patreon.com slash TOEFOP. There's a bunch of bonus content up there. We're always thinking of more ways we can put more stuff out there. So hopefully we can um, get something new up there real quick. But if uh, in the meantime, there's, there's, there's bonus letter episodes, there's videos, there's James Fosdyke's artwork, comic books, photos, a bunch of stuff. Very much worth checking out. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, Tofop TV. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to start uploading full episodes of the show to YouTube because uh, for people who are um, hearing impaired, it might be a good way for them to, to get in on the action because they do the auto captions. Although I have noticed they our accents must be too broad. A lot of the auto captions are just like coming up with some, you said fucking hell the other day and it completely got that wrong. <laughs> Um, one last thing before we go, um, uh, listeners might know uh, that uh, a TOEFOP fan, Andrew Pearson, uh, created a TOEFOP rap that he put up online a couple of weeks ago, and it's excellent. It's basically a rap recapping our entire careers uh, to this point. It's it's awesome. We're going to play it at the end of the show, so you should check out uh, Andrew Pearson. There'll be uh, I'll put a, a link to his YouTube channel in the episode description below. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Everyone relax, relax. This is Toe Pop. Everyone relax. This is Toe Pop. Two Aussie blokes, one started telling jokes. The other started acting on all the great shows. You have Will, spelled with 1L. He's got the hips and it hurts like hell. Ouch. So many stories Will has to tell. Political Will, free Will, fire at Will. Illuminati, good Will. I swear, man. Hilarious. Charlie and Will are hilarious Or should I say Will and Charlie The jury's still out The older Charlie gets the more he shouts Charlie Clawston is pretty awesome Clawston and awesome Does it rhyme? Nope. They argue about it all the time Throw the movement, watch if you need to tell the time Charlie is a father, was on McLeod's daughter He's getting more gorgeous every single day He's on home in the way He's got small ears and small hands. I'm your number one fan. I love you guys. Everyone relax. This is Topop, the greatest podcast. 30 yards for the podcast. This is Topop. Everyone relax. This is Topop. If you're new to the show, don't listen to the past. Can't barely hear it. But it's still a blast. Just take the facts. Send them a fax. Two years later, they will get back. Might get a sticker book. Great artwork. Take a look, you might see a dick. 
you might see a bang. Don't get me started about the time Will was on the plane. He was in pain. Seriously though, I love you guys. Toe Bob, thank you for the laughs. It's a nard in the craft. I feel like we are friends. Hope it never ends. But just remember, don't touch Charlie's Ben. My Ben! Just a comedy conversation between two great friends. Everyone relax. This is Tofop, the greatest podcast. 30 yard for the podcast. This is Tofop. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. This is Tofop. Everyone relax. This is Tofop.